Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Yes, it is. And welcome back. Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. Two stories on the front page of the Arizona Republic today come crashing into our logic for those that care about logic. Headline one, quote, Roe v. Wade end likely near. Headline two, quote, reaction is slow when black children disappear. Close quote. Story one is about the leaked Supreme Court draft opinion overruling Roe versus Wade. Story two is about how missing white syndrome is alive and well, something we've talked about here before, namely that there, in fact, does seem to be a lot more media attention put on stories of white women who are abducted than on black women. In a better world, however, these two stories would be one. That, to me, is the story about abortion in this country as well. To put it directly, the ending of growing human life in America far more and far more disproportionately affects the black community than the white community. And if anyone truly takes the position that black lives matter, this needs to be discussed. There is a reason that before he decided to affiliate with a national political party to run for president, Jesse Jackson said this, quote, we used to look for death from the man in the blue coat, and now it comes in the white coat, close quote. Let's put a number on that. In 2019, 12 unarmed black people were killed in police incidents. In 2020, the number was 18. In 2021, the number was six. As for abortions, abortion has taken more black American lives than every other cause of death combined since 1973, including AIDS, heart disease, and cancer, all combined, hundreds of thousands per year. Michael Novak once put it this way, quote, abortion has swept through the black community, cutting down every fourth member, close quote. And without Roe, the black population in America would likely be between 30 and 40 percent larger than it is today. Now, many will say there's a debate about life of the unborn. Is there? As Jesse Jackson put it in the Human Life Review, or as any scientist could just as easily put it, quote, in the abortion debate, one of the crucial questions is when does life begin? But anything growing is living, close quote. Anything growing is by definition life. And if lives matter, blacks or anyone else's, for those that care about logic, mightn't we want to care about this too? 140,000 African Americans died from COVID over the course of two and a half years and about half the number of black babies taken from abortion procedures every year. Of those 140,000 African Americans, as with most Americans, those deaths almost had all of them underlying conditions or comorbidities. The only comorbidity and underlying condition of the 200,000 plus black babies whose lives are snuffed out every single year, every year, is the condition of not being wanted. But of course, the country upending itself over the smaller threat to life rather than the larger one, including black life, 
doesn't understand this. It, like so much else, reminds me of C.S. Lewis's point in the Screwtape Letters, which is an instruction manual, remember, from the devil. Let us not forget it. Quote, the use of fashions in modern thought is used to distract the attention of men from their real dangers. We direct the fashionable outcry of each generation against those vices of which it is least in danger and fix its approval on the virtues nearest to that vice, which we are trying to make common. The game is to have them all running about with fire extinguishers whenever there is a flood and all crowding to that side of the boat, which is already nearly gunwale under. Close quote. We direct the fashionable outcry of each generation against those vices of which we are least in danger. Oh, for the smaller threat, we forced people to mask and vaccinate against their will based on highly questionable medical and scientific knowledge with little to zero knowledge on long-term consequences, though common sense could predict an awful lot of them, common sense a lot of us spoke about, namely the social, civic, and mental health destruction these measures could result in, common sense results that have eventuated. Many of us thought the, quote, my body, my choice argument of Roe v. Wade supporters should have been deployed. It was not taken seriously during covid Not at all. But, of course, Roe instantiated the notion that abortion was a fundamental right. Well, a lot of people who chose not to mask or vaccinate with an experiment on their bodies were deprived of fundamental rights, too. Last I checked, travel, work, going to school, those were fundamental rights created by the same Supreme Court that created the rights inherent in Roe versus Wade. And those rights were eviscerated in a trice without a pang of conscience. So this my body, my choice thing is over. The left created it and then the left rendered it nugatory, inapplicable, absurd, irrelevant and inapt when it truly mattered to the vast majority of Americans and of both sexes. Turns out the whole notion of my body, my choice never took account of others' bodies, especially the weakest and most vulnerable to manipulation and torture and was never meant as a universal rule, just a clever shibboleth to stop debate and thought. Now, the knowledge that Roe v. Wade has devastated so many communities disproportionately, especially the African-American community, is not shocking to those who know their history. Margaret Sanger was a prominent eugenicist who gave advice to the KKK, among other groups, on how to remove weeds from society. Weeds is her word. The threat to unborn black life, as all unborn life was and is since 1973, for the most part, a, th- a threat right out of the toxic thinking about life unwanted, life undeserving. Eugenicists like Sanger, like Hitler, truly believed in the notion of Leben suertes Leben, life some men thought others had no worth to be respected, as if life was man's to determine. Those opposed to the death penalty will often say life is God's decision, not man's. Understood. That universal rule somehow becomes a lot less universal as never applied to the innocent in society, only the guilty. The innocent could be killed by human decision. The guilty, not so fast. Another inversion of common sense and natural right. Maybe that changes now, too, at least a little. Planned Parenthood in Manhattan did something decent about all this two years ago. It didn't make much news, of course, for obvious reasons. It took the name of Margaret Sanger down off the front of its building. 
This was at the pitch of the BLM movement in 2020. And that bad organization did a good and decent thing with that decision and probably created a lot of embarrassment to those who'd received Margaret Sanger awards like Hillary Clinton, which would also explain the lack of news around that event. But bad organizations can do good things now and again, just as good organizations can do bad things now and again. Aristotle in the politics put it this way, for man, when perfected, is the best of animals. But when separated from law and justice, he is the worst of all. Separated from law and justice. Well, courts can change laws. They cannot change the notion of justice. Justice lives well before and beyond what nine lawyers or judges decide. And by the way, none of those decisions None of the things they ever decided on this issue were ever unanimous. The final lullaby argument you will face is that men should not be making these decisions at all. All I can say about that is then Roe v. Wade would never have been law in the first place. I don't recall any women on the Supreme Court until Ronald Reagan became president, and Roe v. Wade was decided seven years before he was elected. Following this argument would render the Civil Rights Acts null and void as well. How many African-Americans were in the U.S. Senate and House in 1964? Five in the House, zero in the Senate. Human reason transcends race and gender, or should, unless one wants to tell us that race and gender determine thought. And, of course, that belief does exist. It dominated Margaret Sanger's views and, of course, became the law of the fatherland in Nuremberg. And it dominates a lot of American law and reason today, too, tragically. It will be an interesting point of social history, to say the least, someday when it is noted that a civil rights movement dedicated to the notion that all humans are equal transformed within a decade of its greatest success into a worldview that mimicked the worst thinking of the Third Reich and, of course, the eugenics movement in America. How does this tragedy of reason and law so infect so much thinking? The use and abuse of language. Emerson was right. The corruption of language is followed by the corruption of man. I quote again Jesse Jackson, who saw this once as clearly as anyone I've ever read. Quote, one of the things in this debate that concerns me greatly is the psycholinguistics involved in this whole issue of abortion. If something can be dehumanized through the rhetoric used to describe it, then the major battle is won. Whites calling us the N-word dehumanized us. It was part of the dehumanizing process. The first step was to distort the image of us as human beings in order to justify that which they wanted to do and not even feel like they had done anything wrong. Those advocates of taking life prior to birth do not call it killing or murder. They call it abortion. They further never talk about aborting a baby because that would imply something human. Rather, they talk about aborting the fetus. Fetus sounds less than human and therefore the practice can be justified. Close quote. Keep this in mind and compare it to what I said in my monologue last week about how the Nazis dehumanized Jews in order to slaughter them, making propaganda films that made them akin to rats, dysgenic. Once you reduce a human to a lower life form or remove its humanity by calling it something other than human, you can do to those humans what you would only ever naturally do to animals. Ride them, corral them, kill them. We once efforted the notion here that no man was born with saddles on his back nor a favored few booted and spurred ready to ride him. There's a lot more to say about all this, including this. 
Abortion was not outlawed in this country yesterday, and it won't be this summer, and it wasn't outlawed in 1972, the year before Roe v. Wade, either. In fact, the year before Roe v. Wade, two-thirds of all Americans lived in or within 100 miles of a state that permitted legal abortion. I suspect now some states will even become more abortionist after this ruling is officially announced. They will have that ability. I'll conclude this way. If I've had one quest in life, it has been to reinstantiate the morality that Abraham Lincoln gave his life to teaching and reifying. Many thought that teaching permanent since it was based on eternal truths. But again, man can be the worst of all creations when separated from law and justice. And many a decade and many a series of wrong thinking has been adopted here. We did not impose our founding thought, natural law, natural right, on defeated Germany or the defeated USSR after World War II or 1989. In an irony of history, there, those enemies' underlying views found great traction here in this country, a liberal and open society, which is uniquely susceptible and can make itself uniquely susceptible to junk thought. And a lot of junk thought was adopted. So in an effort to try to refocus, I close with Abraham Lincoln from 1858. Quote, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This was our founders' majestic interpretation of the economy of the universe. This was their lofty and wise and noble understanding of the justice of the creator to his creatures. Yes, gentlemen, to all his creatures, to the whole great family of man. In their enlightened belief, nothing stamped with the divine image and likeness was sent into this world to be trodden on and degraded and imbruted by its fellows. They grasped not only the whole race of man then living, but they reached forward and seized upon the farthest posterity. They erected a beacon to guide their children and their children's children and the countless myriads who should inhabit the earth in other ages. Wise statesmen as they were, they knew the tendency of prosperity to breed tyrants, and they established then these great self-evident truths, that while in the distant future some man, some faction, some interest should set up the doctrine that none but rich men or none but white men were entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, their posterity might look up again to that old declaration of independence and take courage to renew the battle which their fathers began so that truth and justice and mercy and all the humane and Christian virtues not, would not be extinguished from the land so that no man would hereafter dare to limit and circumscribe the great principle on which the temple of liberty was being built. Thank you, Abraham Lincoln. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. In my previous uh, segment, my monologue, I talked about the merits underlying the decision on Roe v. Wade. There's another big part of this story. And it may, in some respects, prove almost as big as the decision itself, again, if the decision holds. And that is how it got leaked, how it got leaked to the media. 
I have, uh, for many of you who are regular listeners, uh, stated several times over the last few months my concern that as November looms closer and closer and Republican victories, conservative victories look all the more apprehensible, the one thing that could derail that is the decision from the Supreme Court in the Dobbs case on Roe versus Wade. I have been concerned that the Democrats would be very ready if Roe versus Wade were overturned and would make a political campaign uh, like none we've ever seen before, not only with the fundraising, but of course with all the imagery and scare tactics that tends to surround the pro-choice side of this argument. And that Republicans uh, who have been saying, let's just return it to the states for the almost past 50 years, may not quite be prepared for that onslaught. I wanted us prepared. I want us prepared. The leak, it's true. Nothing like this has ever happened before. No draft opinion from the Supreme Court has ever been leaked to the media before. Raising the question, why would someone at the Supreme Court leak it? Now, a lot of, uh, a lot of journalists uh, throughout the country who have keener insights into the personalities than I do have pointed to a nexus that exists between one of the clerks at the Supreme Court, someone who clerks for Sonia Sotomayor, and the reporter at Politico who released this leaked draft opinion. Without getting ahead of the story, best guess is at this point, one of those clerks, probably Sonia Sotomayor's clerk, did leak it deliberately to the media to in fact, rally the left and Democratic base over this issue. It is interesting how quickly a mass of protesters descended on the Supreme Court yesterday to protest this leaked opinion as soon as it came out. It is interesting the coordination that you seem to need to have to get to that kind of event, that kind of effort in front of the Supreme Court. Why, we have to ask, would the left want this out there? Would the Democrats want this out there? Would the pro-choice movement want this out now as opposed to, let's say, in a month or two months? A lot of reasons. One of them is, I think, to gin up the left base. And boy, did it come fast. I had an email in my box from Nancy Pelosi's campaign staff last night already ready, written to go, and it came. And it starts with, I'm sick to my stomach. That's how she opened her email to, it, to, to for fundraising. Boy, they really do work together, don't they? They really are fast. That's, that's, that's an important question I want to tackle. The other question I think that's important to ask is, was there an effort to leak it into the public so that there would be more pressure, political and protest pressure, on the Supreme Court to change this opinion because it is not released and it is not final and it is a draft. We'll pick those things up on the other side of this break as well. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is scary. Consumer prices surged 8.5% in March, the fastest pace since December of 1981, and wholesale inflation surged 11.4%, an even more ominous trend. Also, the markets recently reacted to runaway inflation and drastic measures by the Fed by dropping up to 1,000 points in one day. That's your investment security being flushed, which is why I recommend diversifying with physical gold from Midas Gold Group. Gold traditionally holds its value when the dollar falls and economies fail. Don't let inflation steal your savings while liberal policies damage financial markets even further. Diversify your investments today with physical gold and precious metals with the only gold company I recommend, the Midas Gold Group. Go to MidasGoldGroup.com or give them a call at 480-360-3000 and tell them Seth sent you. A lot of you may be familiar with Barry Weiss. She used to work at the New York Times until she couldn't stand it any longer. She describes herself as a liberal. She describes herself as a feminist. She describes herself as pro-choice. But she believes in freedom of speech, and she doesn't believe in censorship, and she has a pretty good common-sense view of a lot of our normative absolutes. She's been on Bill Maher. She's kind of a Bill Maher-type liberal, kind of. I think she's smarter, possibly even more funny. That having been said, she took on this whole issue of what was leaked from the Supreme Court yesterday in a way that I thought was smarter than anyone else, and I'd like to share it with you. She writes, to my mind, the question of what this leak means for the institution of the Supreme Court is the most profound one. That is because it captures in a single act what I believe is the most important story of our moment, the story of how American institutions became a casualty in the culture war, the story of how no institution is immune, not our universities, not our medical schools, not not legacy media, not technology behemoths, not the federal bureaucracy, not even the highest court in the land. The Supreme Court, she writes, was always the most cloistered government institution in America, the one where wisdom, precedent, and reverence for our great constitutional tradition outweighed everything else. If there was something sacred that remained, this was it. Yes, there have been leaks from the Supreme Court before, but as Politico pointed out last night, last night's leak was historic and not in a good way. Quote, no draft decision the history of the court has been disclosed publicly while a case was still pending, close quote. Keep that in mind, folks. Just bear that in mind. This case is still pending. This is a draft opinion. It may end up being the final opinion. It may not be. Do you know how this works? Uh, I'll take a break from Barry just to describe it for a moment if you don't mind it, maybe if you want. Uh, the decision, pro and con or yay or nay, on any given Supreme Court case is assigned – And then what happens is the person, the judge, the justice, I guess I should say, who gets the first shot at it to draft the opinion tries to get a majority of votes for his or her opinion. And that draft circulates. And sometimes it circulates with other members of the court making edits so that they can sign on to the majority. Sometimes the lead author accepts those edits. Sometimes the lead author does not accept those edits. So the other justices will write their own opinions called concurrences so long as they agree with the majority, so long as they vote with the majority. 
Then, of course, you have the dissenting view, and they go through the same thing. The dissent is assigned, and that gets circulated amongst the dissenting parties for their edits and their comments. And the lead author either chooses to accept those edits and comments or not. And that's how you get different concurring opinions on different sections of court cases. It can be very, very hard to follow. I don't know what the worst one is, but I think, at least for me, the one I read that was the worst where it had it takes just you have to take paragraph by paragraph to see who lines up where, I think is Bakke v. Regents, the uh, affirmative action, race-based affirmative action case, 1977-78, out of uh, out of out of uh, UC Davis, California, that that cuts about twenty different ways by various justices weighing in on this section and that section of the opinion. That's how these draft opinions come about, and that's why they're called draft opinions. This is in the stage where it's receiving comments and edits, so it may end up being verbatim what gets finally handed down or sent down this summer. It may be vastly different. And to the left, the idea here was to pressure the court politically to make it vastly different. We'll talk about that, too, when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. For those of you looking for a really great, unique investment opportunity with a great return for investors, I want you to check out my friends at Y-Refi. They are my friends. I've met with them several times. I've kicked their tires and looked under the hood a bunch to fully understand what they are offering. And it is, as I say, really great. I'm talking about a fixed, no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Why Refi helps people who are doing their best to dig out a debt the right way by doing the right thing to pay off their debts and to do so with dignity, even getting their FICO scores fixed along the way. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by really great people who are doing very well by helping others, and you can too. These investment endorsements are rare for me because I'm hugely cautious and careful about what I will endorse when it comes to your investment money. I will only endorse a product like this after complete review and by getting to know the quality and the ability of the people involved. What more can I say? These are great people. It is a great opportunity. Log into investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087. Local company, you can visit them. You won't get a sales pitch. They're just happy to talk to you about what they do. Why Refi is in the business of helping people that others won't, and you can be too. Again, investyrefi.com or 855-316-3087 and tell them Seth sent you. Yeah, the, uh, the you know, I think I called this. The Democrats are going crazy with the fund. Uh, my email, I have gotten 10 emails from prominent Democratic organizations and institutions and individuals raising funds off this leaked document. I just got one from Gavin Newsom's operation. Dear Stuart, they all know me as Stuart. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do know why. It's from years ago. I Someone got my name wrong on a fundraising list and they've obviously sold it. Last night's draft opinion is an appalling attack on the rights of women across this country. If it stands, it will destroy lives and put countless women in danger. How? How? I thought it would save lives. 
thought it would save lives. In California, we are going to propose an amendment to enshrine the right to choose in our state's constitution. Well, how can California do that if the Supreme Court just made abortion illegal? Because the Supreme Court did not make abortion illegal. It did just what Gavin Newsom is trying to do. It made it allowable for Gavin Newsom to do what he is trying to do. Let the state decide with its own culture what its policy should be with regard to abortion. The lie is told in these fundraising mailers, folks. People who think that abortion is going to be illegal, why are we getting Gavin Newsom telling us now help him make abortion forever legal in the state of California via constitutional amendment under the state's constitution? How could he do that? How could he do that? How can the state do it legally? Because that's what this decision, if it holds, will mean. States can do whatever they decide to do. Okay. Let me go to Rob in surprise. Hello, Rob. Hi, Seth. Uh, interesting topic, very controversial. Um, was it Ronald Reagan who said something about it's strange how those all in favor of abortions have already been born? <laughs> Or something to that effect. Yeah, it's the um, same argument Lincoln made about those who argue uh, for slavery have never been one. Yeah, and then, you know, the, the whole pro-choice, pro-life argument is also not really true. I mean, women have always had a choice to say no, use birth control, and abstain, which I know is an old-fashioned term, or just plain... Uh, oh, there's a ton of, I mean, there, yes, of course, there's yeah. a ton, there's a ton of ways around this thing. Uh, there's a ton of yeah. ways not to be involved in this thing. And, uh, you know, yeah. of course, of course there are, of course there are. But there's, there, there are, there are a couple of things that people tend to forget. Since Roe v. Wade in 73, between 61 million and 63 million unborn innocent babies have been murdered. Right. Now, that's of all rates. Now, Another interesting statistic of that, roughly 20 million black babies, which is about a third of the whole amount, have been killed. Now, according to census data, in 1960, there were about 18,871 black American citizens in 1960. So That number can't away, possibly be right, Rob. It can't possibly be 18,000. Well, can't possibly. It, no, I'm sorry, 18 million. Okay, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, 871,831. Okay. Um, but so what's happened is since uh, 73, uh, we've killed more black babies than there was the population. The yeah, the, yes, this yeah. is why Mo Michael Novak said abortion has moved through the black community like a scythe, taking out every fourth member. Would, would have given us probably uh, 35 percent, give or take, higher black population in this country. Think about oh, that. Yeah. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. For those that care yeah. about Black Lives Mattering, think about that. And how much did they? How much did BLM put in? We're not talking about the twelve unarmed sh who were shot by cops. We're talking about hundreds right. of thousands a year. Hundreds of That's thousands a year. Exactly. And each one was a human life. Yep. And uh, whether it's you know from conception or heartbeat, it doesn't matter. It's got the potential to live. Now, and like what you were saying, too, it's, all of this is just, 
well, potential to live. It is a life. It is a life. Yeah, it is. It's, it's yeah. not potential it life. Anything, life. Anything growing is living. Mm-hmm. Now, what they're doing, too, and I, I suspect there's some nefarious politics going on with this, uh, since it might have been Sotomayor's clerk. I have to assume she was a lefty liberal that leaked it. It may or may not be true. We don't know. But they're acting as though this had already been settled and signed into law, and it hasn't. Right. It's a draft. Right. And, and they, they don't really press that part very much. All the Supreme Court has to do is just not vote on it or wait on it until after the election, and then the Democrats wouldn't have that thing to worry well, about. Well, I, I think it has to be due before the term is up, so, uh, so I think it does, it does by, by necessity and law and practice come this summer. June or July at the latest, uh, at the latest, I think, August. But I, I don't think it goes beyond that. But I do think oh, okay. I do think the point here, Rob, in part, is to persuade the Supreme Court to change this, to alter this. I mean, they are raising the volume on this thing so high that they are trying to effort what they know John Roberts cares about, which is the perception of the court. They know that is something John Roberts cares about, and we don't know where he is on this. That's the other interesting thing. We know there's a majority of five justices on this. Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Thomas, Alito, and Barrett. We know that. We do not know where Roberts is. And it really doesn't matter if those votes hold and it's 5-4. But I think the effort here is to push Roberts, is to persuade Roberts to take control of this thing, either reassign it or somehow try and temper it. That would be that would be the reason the left is pushing on this so hard with rallies outside of the Supreme Court. Why would you put a rally outside the Supreme Court if you weren't trying to persuade the Supreme Court? Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good people at Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com is the website, and their fruits and veggies are what I take every single day for boosted energy, health, boosted immunity. It's just pure 100% natural fruits and veggies put into capsules that you can swallow or open if you prefer not to swallow them. It's not 99% natural. It's all natural. Nothing added, nothing at all, third-party tested for all and every kind of impurity. Balanceofnature.com, their fruits and veggies, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole veggies. You can take it every single day. You can take more if you want more. One daily dose gives you 10 servings of fruits and veggies, though. Balanceofnature.com, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. I'm really interested in what Barry Weiss was writing about with the destruction of norms issue here and what the left cares about and doesn't care about when it comes to the destruction of norms. They complained an awful lot about the Trump administration breaking all kinds of norms, criticizing the media, that sort of thing. None of it affect anyone's rights, much less constitutional rights. And, of course, if there's going to be a disruption or threat of violence Um, In this country against a democratic institution, that can only be by dint of guilt of Republicans and conservatives. But as I'm talking about the intimidation effort against the majority of the U.S. Supreme Court justices, let me just remind you of this. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, 
You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. That was uttered in 2020. What could that have possibly meant? That is Chuck Schumer. And if you think they are not on an intimidation campaign against this court, this court, by the way, which everyone at least used to be taught starting in eighth grade and throughout the rest of their, you know, the rest of their civics, social studies or government coursework used to be taught that the Supreme Court was supposed to be immune from vouchsafed from separated from a politics, partisan politics anyway, and b majoritarian concern saw uh What's her name? Liz Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren, talking today about how the Supreme Court is flying in the face of the majority of Americans' wishes. I don't know that that's true. I don't know that the majority of Americans don't support what's going on in Dobbs, the law that uh, the Supreme Court is upholding in Dobbs. I don't know that. But B, it shows she has no understanding of civics. Supreme Court is not there to ratify majorities. If it was simply there to ratify majorities, it wouldn't need to be there at all. Wouldn't need to be there at all. Think about it. Senate and House pass something, president signs it, or a majority in a state legislature and governor signs it. That's the majority. Why take anything to the Supreme Court if all they're there to do is to certify it? Complete misunderstanding of civics in this country right now. Thank you, left.